following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> Saw some kids that had their bicycles out. They were riding around while I was what? on the way over here. Yes, <laughs> not kidding. In the middle of an ice storm. Yep. Huh? Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have been playing a video game. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had a we had a snow day today, an ice day, whatever you want to call it. My kids loved it. They didn't get bored. They spent the time on their phones and their pads, and you know, video chatting with their classmates and just being stupid and eating garbage food and being lazy didn't even get out of their you know pajama i mean it was we love snow days for sure man when we were kids snow days usually involve like somebody coming over to my house like maury or ross and then just playing road rash and yeah coach k basketball on sega for hours there was a couple times when it really snowed we would get a group of kids together and go sledding. Sure. You know, yeah. that, that kind of sure. thing, because that's what was warranted on a snow day. Yeah. You're, but then we'd meet up at somebody's house, you know, and just hang out or do something like that. But, yeah, I, riding your bikes outside <laughs> on a... It's pretty slippery, oh, man. On an ice to, rink, I think it'd be hard to stop. You think? Yeah. Or turn sharply? Yeah, you're going down, most likely. Yeah. So they, they weren't wearing helmets, helmets, so I'm sure in, in about an hour when I leave, I'll find them in a pile or an ambulance or something right near their neighborhood. Something with you and people on bikes coming over here. No kidding. Man. (laughs) You're right about that. I didn't didn't think about that. All right. So it is the Ice Storm uh, Intentional Foul uh, edition. We've kind of moved up our podcast recording because our high school game got moved back. It's 2-22-22 on a Tuesday. Yep. Apparently that's a thing. So people like to make stuff out of <laughs> that, and yes, it's good alliteration for whatever you want to do. Um, whatever. Um, yeah. So now we've got games four days in a row this weekend. We've got trips to Racine, Madison East, and Kenosha probably lined up in the next probably. four days. How excited are you about that? Well, I'm not very excited for. Tomorrow. tomorrow to go to Racine, <laughs> but for the rest of them, I'm fine. You know, I'm it's tournament time. I'm ready. These these are the best games to call. They're the most intense, obviously, one and done. And you know, we got a couple local teams here um, that got a chance to win a couple games. And you know, you get in these tournaments, you knock somebody off. You never know. I mean, there's been a lot of teams get to state that people didn't think were going to get to state. So I would like it in the time that you and I do this, however long it lasts, before you just go ballistic and say, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, I would like us to get to the Cole Center or the Rush Center. Well, I better start having kids then. <laughs> Otherwise, that's not coming? Because Craig needs a point guard. Okay. All right. That's fine. But I would, boys or girls, it doesn't matter. I would just like to get to a state tournament. Yeah, me too. I would like to broadcast a game on a big stage. Mm -hmm. You know, I do it for another station for the high school football championships, and it's cool. But you don't really have anything invested because it's not your team. Sure. 
You know, for all you don't these, know the kids, you right. don't know the parents, the coaches. For all these years that you know that you invest in the time and going to talk to the coaches, and you know we have conversations with the parents sporadically, and you know getting to know what the kids are about and all that stuff. I I would like to see some of that pay off, and you know all of our work of all the late nights and travel. I mean, you know these teams play what twenty four games, twenty four. Yep. We plus tournament. We do double that. Yeah, in a year. So I, I would like to see us. You know, I'm, I know they want to get there. We want to get there just as bad to see our season not end the way theirs does. Yeah, you, no, no doubt. You know man. what I'm saying? I, I wish the girls' tournament was still in Madison and not Green Bay. Yeah, that's a hike. That's a hike, but it is what it is. Whatever. Maybe they'd give us our own hotel rooms and we could just. Hang out and yeah, toot. for sure. I don't want to be in no room. I ain't spooning with you, brother. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Perfect. Ain't, ain't gonna happen. Perfect. All right. Um, I mean, I guess we can start with the NFL because it's still, even though we're in the off season, it's still the the league that's making the most headlines. And it I'll, was at the top of my list when I printed this out. Yeah. I, I Michael was watching the, the McAfee show today. I gave it I didn't know when he was on. I gave it about three minutes and then I bailed. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I've never watched it at length before, but I don't know what they were talking about, but I was I was completely disinterested. And I just didn't like it just didn't hook me. So um but yeah, Rogers came on, talked about his Instagram post where he thanked everybody and it was as people described it very zen like and then he said yeah, I haven't made a decision yet. Well, he said that he's just coming off of a 12-day cleanse. Which, did you see the tweets about that and no. what that comp- is comprised of? No, because I don't care. It's messed up. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It he's, is. He's a super weird guy. He's kind of a hippie. Yeah, totally. He's a Northern California Which doesn't hippie. make any sense when you factor in his political beliefs. It's very, contra- it is. very contradictory, he's but a, that's he, it. He's a complicated man, you know. But he's a weird dude. And uh, yeah, he said he was on this cleanse, and he and he felt like he wanted to express gratitude. And I mean, I, I just I'm I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this with him. I don't care enough. Like, nor should you either come not back to team. the pack. It doesn't even just as a sports fan. Like, either go back to your team or tell him you want out. But like this. I'm well, not gonna I'm not gonna do this song and dance all summer. We did it with you last year. We've lived through it with Favre. It's played out. It's just not that interesting. Man. This is the window too, because the franchise tag window is open yep. from now until what March eighth or something like that. So this is when he would when he said. So here you go. Here's your window. Couple weeks. That's it. I mean, it's unfortunate in the respect that we have this show that we will have to probably touch on it. But like, I'm not interested in it. No. No. Well, it doesn't affect you. You don't it, care. Well, he's, he's the best player in the conference and yeah. the division of the team I but root that, for. But it doesn't mean he's not exhausting. Yeah, he is, even to somebody who doesn't like him yeah. or follow his team. So He's exhausting to me, and I'm a fan, and I would love him to be back and win, win games for the team that I like. I was thinking about this because so he can be a free agent at the end of next year. Correct. Like, if I was a Packer fan, I think I would want him to come back next year, and then just cut bait. One more chance, one more try to win a Super Bowl next year. We'll bring Devontae back on a franchise tag. We'll be right up against the cap. We'll we'll do what we got to do. One one last shot. It'll be four years with LaFleur, and this is the farewell tour. 
But if you do that, you need to restructure his contract because of all the cap money that he's taking. You can't take the cap hit that he currently has. So in restructuring that, you can't pare it down to one-year deal. You need to extend him. Then you're looking about cutting ties and having dead money or trading him again, and you just kind of, again, we've talked about this with the Packers, kicking the can down the road. You can't just sit there with a $46 million cap hit for one player. You're going to have to do something else if you want him to come back. Well, well, fine, but I still think they should do one more year. Okay. And what what the, it's it's like when they say they're forty nine million over the cap. Yeah, kinda. You know, I mean, it, yeah, he has a forty six million dollar player. Yeah, kinda. You know, but there's ways of finagling to get around this stuff to get it down to twenty twenty four something more palatable for the team. But you still have an ability to move on, and you can say, listen, we basically let his contract run its course. We couldn't win. He's moving on. We're moving on. Well, it's it's that time. Unfortunately, that's just not the way it works in everything that I've read. Like, you find yourself now in this exact same position next year if you want him back. Well, you're always going to be in this position if you have a great player, especially a quarterback, and a quarterback that it's just time to move on from. I mean, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe don't sign these guys to long-term contracts with all these clauses in it. I then, don't know. Then you wind up in the position that you're in right now. And, and I mean, it it's a good and bad position because they're so good, but then when you've reached the end of the line and you think that you may need a fresh start or a you know new regime or whatever, you still got you still got people kind of pulling at you. Well, and right, I mean, basically next year if if he comes back and Adams comes back, they're basically bringing back the same team for the fourth year in a row. Pretty much, yeah. You know, you got your same stars, you got your same main guys. You might have a few ancillary pieces here or there, but you got the same core group of people, and you're just going to give it another shot. Like they don't really have an opportunity because of their cap situation to go out and really do something that's going to better the team much. Right. So it's like, yeah. Do you think next year you can win the Super Bowl? Do you think you've had as, you have as good a chance next year as you have the last three? I don't know. I mean, I think with with Jones, with Dylan, with that line. With Adams, with Rodgers, they're going to have to do something at tight end. You're going to have to sign a couple of receivers because I think Valdez Scanling's a free agent, Lazard's a free agent. Um, but I mean, you have that, like you said, you have that core group of offensive guys. I think if you just, you know, sprinkle a few pieces in, they got they got some questions on defense. They're trying to sign Devondre Campbell, who is their best guy uh, this year, and there's some dudes in the secondary and stuff. But I think there's an the only thing that will be affected. Going forward, if you try to reassemble most of the team, the only negative in that will be depth. They had real good depth this year mm-hmm. because when guys got injured and you you know you needed backups and whatever, people stepped in and generally for the most part did a pretty good job, especially yeah. long, especially on defense and on the whole line, yeah. right? So I mean, you'll lose some of that with the money situation that that you have, um, but I think I think your starters will be generally okay. You know, you just pray that you don't get hit as hard as you did in previous years. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, looking at the NFC, yeah, I think you got as as good a shot this year as you do. I mean, I, I guess you don't know until some of these other quarterback situations are settled. You know, if Russell Wilson gets traded to the Eagles or what mm-hmm. are the what do the Niners end up doing? You know, does is Brady truly done? Does he pull a Houdini and come back and play for the Niners and they I ship Garoppolo to Tampa? Like, who knows? Yeah. There's no, a lot. There's you know. Are the Rams of? Are they a one year deal? I mean, who knows? No, so I I don't know any of that. So I'll I'll be curious to see obviously what happens in the next two weeks in this whole window. 
Um, but I'm not. It's not like I'm watching the headlines every day. You know, this McAfee thing, I was waiting for a text. I was waiting for Twitter. But I, I wasn't one of these people that was, you yeah. know, Well, there's really no need to watch it. I mean, you can find the clip. Whatever is the news-making bit is going to be a video on right. Twitter anyway. Exactly. You just watch that minute and a half and no. move on with your day. Um, What's going on with the draft here? I, I haven't read so much about this. Um, well, I just caught a little article about it today on ESPN.com. And apparently there is a threat of a boycott, the, a player boycott at the Combine, and it has to do with COVID restrictions. Um, because a lot of these uh, guys coming into the draft, they want to be able to bring their trainers, their agents, um, you know, people in their circle. And based on some of the rules the NFL has in place right now, you can only bring, like, one guy. There's they're they're reducing the amount yeah. of people. Okay. So the players. I mean, it's obviously it's the union is pushing back on this, of course, um, and and probably the agents as well because they want to be there. Um, I, I don't know. It's nothing earth shattering. I just thought it was kind of interesting. It sounds like the NFL is willing to loosen some of the guidelines, but not all of the guidelines, and it's just like. Was it last year, or the man, year before, where there wasn't even a combine and everybody was, flipped? Two years ago. Flipped out when it was like, we're not going to be able to see these guys mm-hmm. run their drills and whatever. And, like, it's weird. Even out of that, when people flip out about some draft monster like DK Metcalf or, you know, somebody like that, the main thing that I hear from scouts is the tape don't lie. Mm-hmm. You got plentiful amounts of tape on all these guys. I think without seeing them in person, I don't know whether you need to ask them their you know, personal questions like if you had to murder someone and you had to pick between a, a knife and a rope, what would you The stupid psychological stuff. I don't know whether meeting somebody in person and asking those questions, getting no, has complete, like you walk away and you're like, well, we're not picking that guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would be curious to know what, outside of that, I'm not sure that the combine matters a whole lot. I think it's more, I think the meet and greet is almost more important than your 40. You know, in a lot of cases. I mean, sometimes some, something blows you away at the mm-hmm. combine, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I've never paid much attention to that anyway. So, no. um, the only other bit of Packers news was, was Campbell, um, that I, that I saw today. And I your eat. boy Clement's coming back. <sighs> okay. I mean, everybody thought that, okay, Rogers is coming back with that. It's like, well, you talked him out of retirement. Now he either gets to work with Jordan Love and ha- set up another project with him, or Rodgers comes back and they can be homies. Yeah, and it's just funny. I mean, uh, I mean to, fans just completely jumped at this. Not to go back to the Rodgers thing again, but it's like, that gets him back? That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, like some old dude. I like, mean, great. You lost a couple of buddies in Hackett and Getze, so now you go find, you know, dig up an old one out of the closet and, you know, dust him off and bring it back because he was retired, mm-hmm. you know, and they and they bring him back and... I mean, I if I'm him, I appreciate the sentiment. I'm not sure that's a swing vote. You know what I'm saying? Cool. All right. Appreciate you. That I'll take it under advisement. Mm-hmm. Take it into consider. But it's not like, oh, well, then I guess I better come back. I, I I'm not sure that that's that's a big deal. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, I'm just kind of waiting for all this stuff to happen. I'm not losing sleep. But is, are, anything with the like? I checked the Bears wire today. Nothing. No, nothing really popping with them. I mean it. It's not really Bears news, but there's been a lot of buzz here the the last week about Trubisky and his prospects in the offseason as a free agent quarterback. I've heard some 
some, uh, you know, rumors of him possibly being a start, you know, signed as a starter to a, you know, a team that is crappy. I don't really know who that would be. I'd have to kind of go through the roster. But one one team that they were kind of throwing his name at was Cleveland um, as kind of Baker insurance. You know, I mean, Trubisky, I don't know that he's that much worse than Baker. He might actually be better in some areas. Um you know, certainly not not anybody you necessarily want to build your future around, at least not from what we've seen so far. But, I mean, I think that if you lay out all the quarterbacks, he's probably one of the 32 best in the league. I mean, once you get past, like, 15, it's dicey. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. kind of pick your poison here. It's like us trying to seed those high school brackets. Yeah, yeah. Once it, you get past it, a certain it, point, it's just everybody... Kind of, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, I, I found that kind of interesting to say, see right. today. Well, that's about as uh, short of an NFL uh, chat that we've had just because it's the offseason, nothing's going on. We'll kind of see every, once once in a while when something big happens, we'll probably roll that out. But, um, I mean, we can move to the NBA, I guess. Uh, it was All-Star Weekend. Uh, I watched a little bit here and there. Um, going in, the Bucks lost to Philly. And um, are they are they sliding down in the East as what's, as what's happening? Are you even worried at all? About their their positioning, you just hoping they make it at this point, and then see what happens or what? Um, I mean, they're sliding down is kind of relative. I mean, the top six teams are basically two and a half games apart. That's okay. So right now they're in fifth. Before they lost to Philly, they were in third. They so basically they loss. basically right. just swap spots. Um, you know, obviously you want to stay out of the seven, eight, nine, ten range. You don't want to have to be in a play in, but I don't think they're really in danger of that. 36 and 24, like I said, fifth in the East, two and a half games out of first. Um, yeah, that game Thursday night, I, I got to watch the fourth quarter when we got home from our game, and uh, really, really fun, entertaining quarter to watch. Um, Philly's good. I mean, they, they didn't have Harden yet. I'm not sure that that's going to be an interesting fit. I mean, that Philly team right now or throughout through this point of the season, they play pretty fast, and Harden's a... Uh, Harden's a ball dominator, and he and it kind of stops when it gets to him. And I'll be interested to see how that works. But Giannis and Embiid was super fun to watch, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were going at it; they were guarding each other for a while. It was pretty fun. Um, I think Giannis ended up with like like thirty, twelve, and nine, and Embiid had like forty two and twelve or something like Sounds that. Right. Um, I I really like Embiid. I, he's he's a throwback. He's old school. He likes to get in the post and bang people. He's physically talk shit. Um, him and Giannis <laughs> seem to have a, a pretty good relationship. Um, that was a cool story. The story that, that that you told me when we went to a game. Yeah, I, I was just watching the end of the game and and uh, the Bucks followed Philadelphia and everybody's walking to the end of the court and uh, you see Embiid run up to Giannis and kind of tap him and and I was trying to read his lips. I thought he said like, "You want to grab dinner this weekend?" And Giannis was like, "Sure." And Embiid said, I'll hit you up. And Giannis is like, okay. And, you know, heading into All-Star Weekend, mm-hmm. of course, these guys were all going to be together. And I was just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, everybody, I mean, you know, there's the kinder, gentler era, and then there's the hard-ass era that we had back in the 80s, like, and even the 90s. Like, I'm okay with that. I don't like all the kissing and hugging before the game. but A lot of pageantry in yeah, that kind of, yeah. like. I'm okay with that if you say to stuff. a dude, like, when the game's over. Right. Like, hey, man, I'll hit you up this weekend. You know, all right, cool, good to see you. Um, I'm fine with that. But, um, 
So still on the break through this week, they play the Nets Saturday and uh, at home, and they're home for Charlotte on Monday. So um, did you? You said you watched a little of the All Star. I, I, I watched the start of it. A lot of lot. What on Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Okay. Watch. Yeah. No, I didn't catch any of the skills competitions, dunks, three points, stuff like that. Um, but I watched probably the first two or three minutes. I think up until the first media timeout. Um, you know, the, the lobs and the threes and, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and it just couldn't hold my attention, you know, as, as, as per usual, but I, um, I didn't watch much on Saturday. I watched a little bit of the skills thing Giannis did with his brothers. Yeah. How did that turn uh, out? I mean, they got third out of three teams. It, it was just, <laughs> it, it was kind of stupid. Okay. Um, the dunk contest was the worst in history. It's what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, it was just guys missing o- dunks. And, OB Toppin. Yeah. Okay. It just. Not not good, not not big enough names, and they should not be having that as the last event. It, the last event should be the three point contest, which was pretty good. Ended up getting was won by a seven footer in Carl Anthony Towns, but you know you didn't have the biggest of the big names in it. No Curry, no no Clay, some any of those guys. But um, you know, All Star Saturday night used to be one of my favorite nights, but I mean, I just find myself now at, at forty. Just not really being that interested. It's just not that fun, you know. All the rappers or dudes I don't listen to that are sitting courtside, <laughs> you know. It's 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 not like the old days. But um, I did watch a good portion of the All Star game. I actually forgot that it was on. I was watching something. I was watching a college game, and it was Until like I texted you, you texted me, and then I turned it on. That tells you where my head was. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I was watching. It was the second quarter. I just kind of had it on. I wasn't really watching it much. I was doing my laundry, just doing some other stuff around the house, and and uh, all of a sudden Steph Curry got hot and was hitting threes from all over. And dude ends up hitting sixteen threes, which is just stupid. Like he hit one from like eight feet behind the line where he just threw it up and walked away, and it went in. And then he just looks at Trey Young, who's on the other team, like, yeah, bitch, I just did that. It was pretty funny. Um, the fourth quarter was awesome. Like, the last five minutes of these last couple All-Star games, when you get, like, you know, really with the exception of Durant, you got, like, eight or nine of the best dudes in the world on the floor, and they're going at it. And uh, it was really fun. Uh, LeBron hit a, a shot at the end to win it. Um, but the the best part of the night by far and I didn't even know they were doing it, so thank God I turned it on in the second quarter when I did. This year was the 75th anniversary. They revealed the top 75 players of all time, and at halftime they did. They brought all the guys out, which uh, was really cool. That's a collection of awesome talent, current and past. It's all yeah, in one place. Really cool, and and obviously. You know, of the seventy-five guys, probably twenty-five or so have have passed, have passed away. Um, you had a few people that didn't show up, which is kind of disappointing. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant wasn't there because his grandma died that day. I get it, but you know, like Larry Bird wasn't there. He was just on camera. You know, Carl Malone, uh, Bob Cousy. Um, so that was a little disappointing. I mean. I get the whole COVID thing, but, you know, like Bill Russell not wanting to go, he's 90, I get it. But, like, come on, Larry Bird. You're in Indiana, you can't go to Cleveland? What else you doing? Like, what the hell are you doing? What college game are you at that's that important? Um, so that was a little disappointing. But it was just really cool to see all the guys, um, you know, Jordan coming out last, getting the biggest ovation of anybody in Cleveland, a place that he tormented in LeBron's house. Right. 
Um, you know, Magic, of course, who basically on every video I've seen from the weekend is just giggling because he's with his boys and he's just never having a better time. Um, you see Jordan kind of messing with Curry, messing with Luca. Um, you know, Dirk was on the call uh, on the broadcast for a little bit. Wade was Allen Iverson. Just seeing all those guys again was pretty cool. And and to see Giannis out there, like it kind of. Like, he belongs there, but it kind of just was like, man, I can't believe this dude's there. And, you know, I heard a couple interviews with him, and um, he just talked about how fortunate he felt and honored. And he talked about Dirk especially being a European guy. There's only two European guys in the top 75, and it's Dirk and Giannis. And uh, I think there's only one African guy, and I think it's just Akeem. So for Giannis to be in that company, that's that's pretty big company with those two guys. Um, but man, I don't know what it is with the NBA. Like they just, whenever they bring these guys together, it's, it's really special and more, I don't know, more so than the other leagues. I think part of, I think the steroid thing has really hurt that for baseball. I mean, I remember, I want to say like around 2000, they did an all-star game and they brought all the legends out. Ted Williams was still alive. It was at Fenway Park. They even oh, let, I remember they that. even let Pete Rose yes. come back. Like that was really cool. It was like the top, like all the living guys of the top hundred baseball players ever. Whatever it was, it was really cool. You know, the NFL. I remember they did something similar to that, in like with their seventy fifth. But that was quite a while ago. Um, and then I think they just had their hundredth, but they didn't really do anything like that. But the NBA, I, it, they just they do a great job with that and. Um, well, I sent you that, that, that clip when they had at halftime, when they had Ernie and Shaq and Barkley and mm -hmm, Kenny and, mm -hmm. um, and Shaq kind of gave a little four and a half minute little spiel of thank yous and whatever, and thanked a bunch of people, including Barkley. And it was, you know, for somebody that doesn't watch a whole lot of that, but just sees it kind of secondhand on, on the clips, but somebody who, you know, back in the day when Shaq was the dominating figure that he was, you grew up with it. He could keep my attention, sure. and I and I was interested in, mm -hmm. in in that you know in that era of of basketball and and hearing him kind of talk poetically about it, it was kind of cool. You know, I thought that that was that that was really neat of how that resonated with him, how he appreciated a lot of people and remembered a lot of people on his trek to success and what they did for him and, and being able to, to recall out of all that and, and tell some stories and just watch the guys kind of put their microphones down and just sit back and just listen to them kind of wax about that. I thought that was really neat. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really, really cool that they, that they allowed him the time to do that on that broadcast. Yeah. And I, it's, it was cool like to see Kenny's reaction too. Cause like a lot of these guys are his contemporaries. You know, we went to college with Jordan, um, you know, and then he sits next to Barkley and Shaq for all these years. And I mean, those guys are like brothers and just how happy he was for all those guys was, was pretty cool. But, you know, inevitably when you bring all these legends together, it leads to LeBron versus Jordan part 9,1207, um, which I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to get into that again. I've made my point of where I stand, but I think the people kind of answered it this weekend um, with the reaction that Michael Jordan got in Cleveland, the way that the other guys on the stage look at him, react to him. Yeah. Um, and ESPN just released their top 20 of all time. They had Jordan one. 
and they did a lot of polling and you know it was pretty clear who number one was it's LeBron or uh, MJ over LeBron but um it led to some comments from LeBron's camp and LeBron himself you know a couple of years ago he declared himself the greatest player ever after they came back and beat Golden State and you know, Rich Paul, his agent, came out and said some things about how hard it's been. LeBron's had a harder road than Jordan. Um, it's just funny how much LeBron is like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, these guys just, they can't stand it when they're not in the news, and then they complain when they're always in the news. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like LeBron this weekend came out and said that the he hasn't closed the door on coming Cleveland. back to Cleveland. Yeah. Well, it's convenient now that they're – actually good, good getting good again and yep. and all that. I'm not sure Dan Gilbert the owner hasn't shut the door on you. Um and then the other comment he made was that when his son is drafted in 2 or 3 years um that wherever he goes LeBron's going to go there for 1 year to play with him. I mean, it's pretty much tampering, truly. Right? Cuz you just told every team in the league, "Hey, draft my kid and I'll play a year for you." and you'll make a bunch of money because I'm LeBron James. Um, but that's a lot of pressure to put on your kid. Right. Uh, and, you know, I heard a couple of guys, I think it was Chris Broussard talking about it. You know, he's like, you know, my dad was my idol, but I didn't want to hang out with my dad when I was 21. You know, like, I don't, I, think, I, don't, I don't want my dad knowing that I'm sneaking out with a teammate or, well, you know, whatever I'm doing. You know, and I think most of the most of the kids in that generation, when you reach that point, they want to do their own thing. Like, it would mean more for the parent than it would for the child, you know, at that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe give the kid a couple of years yeah. when, when you know your dad is winding down. And, you know, like when Ken Griffey Jr. got to play with Ken Griffey Sr. Cool, you know. Yeah, but, but Ken Griffey Sr. was just a guy. That, but, you know what I mean? But still, yeah. he was at the end of his career. And Jr. was a phenom. Right. This is the other the way, way around. around. No, you're, you're right. I think I think LeBron's kid's like the 55th ranked kid in his own class. Like he's not a one and done. He's probably a two year, maybe a three year college player. You know, projected maybe late first, early second round pick. I'm not even talking about the notoriety of the differences of the players. I'm just talking from a a family standpoint of more how what it would mean rather than which side you would get the most out of and what the benefit would be to having LeBron or his kid. That that doesn't concern me as much because, I mean, on a very small level, I was glad that I got to play after being a bat boy for my dad on his softball team. I was glad when we needed a guy a couple of years ago and I pulled my dad out of the stands. <laughs> he hadn't picked up a bat or a ball in forever. He couldn't throw. He had shoulder problems. you know. But just being on the same field, mm-hmm. able to play in a game with him, that was really cool for me. He's never going to do it again. You know, I'm winding down in my career. I, I'm not going to be doing this forever either. I'm north of 40. But it's like being able to do that, it was special. And I'm sure for LeBron, it might be special to play with his kid. Right now with his kid, it might be not as special. He might not realize it. It might not mean as much, you know. But I think I, I think that's cool. But that, that's interesting what you say around tapering. That's, that's, very, that's very valid. Like... Hey, we're a package deal. You want to do this? I'll be coming too. But it's like if you're an owner at that point, it's like, do I really want to inherit all that? Man, that there's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot of stuff coming that, with it. That's a lot of baggage. A lot of stuff. Baggage that comes with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
If I ever played in a basketball game with my dad, I'd probably just yell at him. I'd be like, listen, you want the ball? Go get a fucking rebound. That's like, so I'm not, you. I'm, not, I'm not handing out candy here. That's so you. Do something. That's... Do something. <laughs> that's, that's on point with your brand. Absolutely. Do something. Go oh, get a rebound. Man. Set a screen. That's great. Jesus. Oh, man. Guard your man. <sighs> All right. Anything else from the league? I know they. I know the Bucks were kind of mentioned in the in the running for uh, Drogic, but I thought that that. I mean, we talked about we, which is weird. He talked about how cold it was in Milwaukee and how it would be great in Golden State, and then he goes signs in Brooklyn. Well, the whole reason he didn't play for Toronto was he didn't want to play up in a cold for a rebuilding team or a team that was not going to make the playoffs, right? And be in the cold. And be in the cold. Then he goes to a team in the Nets who is really. Almost as cold as Toronto because they're damn near right next to each other, and they're actually lower in the standings than Toronto. I mean, granted, they've got a better team when they're all there, sure. but they have a lower record right now. It's it's too bad the Bucks couldn't get him. It would have been a nice piece to add. I'm not sure that that's going to make or break whether or not the Bucks come out of the East. Um, but you know, he does go to probably the chief rival, um, other than other than Philadelphia going to the Nets. Um, Chris Paul's out six to eight weeks with a broken, broken thumb. Yeah, I saw that. That's, that's, I mean, Phoenix is up like five games on Golden State in the West. I think Phoenix is like 48 and 10. They're having an unbelievable season. Well, and I thought I heard Wilbon say that without knowing, I know Embiid's up there. I know Giannis is in the conversation. Paul's in a convo for yeah. top of the MVP list. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, clearly. Yeah, not anymore, unfortunately, for him. Um, the Bucks today did sign the guy that the Nets released. Yeah, Javon Carter. Um, so the, they, the Nets traded for Ben Simmons. They released DeAndre Bembry. The Bucks signed him. They <laughs> signed Goran Dragic. They released Javon Carter. The Bucks signed him. Okay. Um, we'll see. Those guys are guys. Yeah, they're guys. They're end of the rotation, not in the rotation level players. I don't think Javon Carter is going to be getting George Hill's minutes, but you know, with the way I think the Bucks are operating this year, just they kind of seem like they're coasting. Like they've gotten up for some big games, like when they played at Brooklyn, when they played the Lakers, when they played Golden State, even the other night against Philly, even though they didn't win, they just kind of shit their pants at the end of the game. They should have <laughs> won. They've got up for the big teams. It seems like some of the, you know, Charlotte, Detroit, New Orleans, Portland, these Teams that are kind of middle of the pack are the ones that are getting them. Even they got up for the Bulls when they played them. So maybe they're going to rest some of their older guys. You may see Matthews and Hill take some nights off to kind of conserve them. You might even see Giannis and Middleton, although maybe not as much because I think those guys just want to play. Okay. Um, you know, and then, of course, they're still working any Baca, and you got to bring back, uh, bring back Lopez too. But last thing we'll hit, so Fat Zion's in the news again. Um, apparently there's a story out that he wants to play with Ja. So, I mean, okay, that's, that's great. But you know, Ja's on Memphis and you're not. So <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. And Ja ain't going anywhere for the foreseeable future. Right. So are you, how are you getting to Memphis? And Oh, by the way, you're fat and you never play. So why would Memphis give anything up for you? Um, JJ Reddick kind of had a rant on I Zion. I just saw that today. on the bottom line, just a, yeah. a, a little bit of his comments. He, uh, he basically called him a bad teammate, and this is a guy in J.J. who was his teammate the last two years on the Pelicans and also is a Duke alum as well as Zion. Mm-hmm. So these guys know each other well. And he said in his little rant, like, he told Zion this as a teammate, like, look, man, 
Like, you got to be all in. You, you're the leader of this team. They are investing the franchise in you. Like, they just traded for C.J. McCollum, who's a top 40 player in the league, and they asked C.J. McCollum if he had talked to Zion, and he said no. He hasn't been able to get a hold of him. Well, it's Zion's responsibility to get a hold of C.J. You're joining my team. Like, hi, I'm Zion. Right. Nice to meet you. Nothing. So I don't know if this is like, you know, the circle that's making the decisions because I know his, I believe it's his stepfather basically runs his life. Um, Is it, okay. Is it weird for me that we're still mentioning this guy in in such great lengths? when he's basically done nothing so far and we're still kind of treating him as a superstar. Well, it's because when you when he has played, he's been great. And you see him and but you're how, like he should be great for 10 how years. How much of that has happened? Well, it's 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 almost like 2007-8 all over again. Um when Greg Oden played, great player. Everybody thought, "Wow, this guy he might not be the next Bill Russell, but he could be, like, the next Matumbo. And then you got Kevin Durant, who 15 years later is a top 15 player of all time. And this year, with or last, last two years ago, I guess, you got Zion, who, same thing. When he's on the floor, he's dynamite. But he's only played 82 games in his career, and this is his third season. Then you got John Morant who just keeps getting better like game by game by game and Memphis is a legitimate contender in the West. Um I don't know man like it's Pelicans are going to be on the clock this summer like you extending him does he even want to sign there? Does he going to man a trade? I don't think any player has ever demanded a trade before their rookie deal is is up before they get to their first extension. Like the last one to do it was Weber. But that was like when the contracts were super weird and Weber had like an out clause after his first year or something weird like that. But I don't know. It, the Zion thing is going to get very interesting. I mean, and, are we going to see him in the second half of the season? It doesn't sound like it. He's just, done, he's just he's not, not going to play, play the whole year. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay, so if you're a team to inv- – I mean – That's just it. Like how do you even evaluate the asset at right. this point? I mean – You're basing for- it off of 82 games in this little bitty window – of his career and that the, he's been healthy. And the last time you had mentioned him to me because I hadn't been paying attention, I thought he was like north of 300 pounds. Yeah, he's like uh he's like Barkley fat. Yeah. Yeah. And he's supposed like to not, be in a- not not NBA Barkley fat, like right now Barkley fat. <laughs> Where you see him in his clothes and you're like, "God damn. Enjoying retirement. Doughboy." Yeah. You know. So, right. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right, college Hoops. Uh, the main story, obviously, that has dominated the news, um, and you had texted me. I was out on a birthday dinner with my oldest when the Badgers played Michigan, and they they won a couple of games last week. They won at Indiana, and then they beat Michigan. And then the post game melee happened. You're like, turn it on, and I I booted up YouTube TV. We're in the arcade on the top of the mine shaft in Hartford, and I stopped and I whipped out my phone. And Jane was like, "What are you doing?" Saunders just told me to turn on the Badger game. And so she's looking over my shoulder, and we're watching this happen and unfold and the replays and stuff like that, and she's as glued to it as I am. And then, you know, I we've been following it for the last 48 hours and whatever, but 
Um, that's been the dominating story, and, and I called you um, that night to kind of get your perspective on the gamesmanship of the of the pressing with some starters in down double digits and then a timeout with 15 seconds left for not getting a 10-second call and all that. And I, I completely understand your side of things, um, and I, and I kind of want to hear hear you just kind of go off on, on what you think about the whole thing. Um, from what I have heard, and, uh, not from the Michigan side because I don't care, everybody around except for a few people just kind of say have said, yeah, five games, rest of the regular season, okay, that's fine. Seems, seems adequate, seems fair. You know, they're not calling for his head. You know, they're just saying whatever, and I think Kornheiser even said send him to anger management because that that did something for some other coach who's now uh, in in a better place or something. I, I don't remember the name, but he said that on Monday. So I, I guess I'll just let, let you take it. I've listened to and read a lot of people's opinions on this in the last, I guess, two days. Mm-hmm. And I've changed my mind 20 times. <laughs> But I'm gonna really I'm gonna stick with what we talked about okay. on Sunday because I think my initial reaction is probably the most honest and true reaction. I'm glad we didn't do this yesterday. I'm glad we waited until the suspensions come down okay. so we don't have to speculate on all of that. We can kind of talk about how that unfolded. But um, so the game's over. There's 15 seconds left, and Michigan is quote-unquote pressing, which to me is just whoever he had in there, they were just playing it out. Should Michigan have just called the dogs off at that point, down 15 with 15 seconds left or whatever the score was? Should they have just called the dogs off and let the Badgers run the clock out? Yes. Yep. But they didn't. So the Badgers, because they're being pressured, the Badgers have their backups in Um, they're having a hard time getting the ball over half court so guard calls a timeout instead of just taking the turnover giving the ball back to Michigan with 12 seconds left and whatever then then the game ends guard calls a timeout should he have called that timeout I would say no I've heard a lot of coaches say absolutely you coach your team I coach my team those guys deserve to be coached Yada yada yada, and he said in the post game, "I wouldn't put anybody in that position. My starters, my backups, nobody." Sure, okay, fine. I see your point. I wouldn't have called the timeout, but he did. It pissed Jawan Howard off. Okay, now here's where what nobody's talking about. During that timeout, I guarantee you, people on the Michigan bench are yelling at the Badger bench. I guarantee you. So. When the game resumes and it ends and guard is walking to the Michigan bench, there's not a doubt in my mind. He knows already they're irate. He may not know exactly why, but he knows they're pissed. So Juwan Howard is going to do what pissed off coaches do in all of our sports that we watch. He's going to do the blow by. We see it in football all the time. All the Bel- time. Belichick's famous for it. The blow by. Don't even look at each don't other. Don't even look at him. Shake, shake hands. Two seconds. Keep it, keep it moving. Yep. I don't want to hear whatever the hell you have to say. Yep. You got my number. We can talk about it later. Guard grabs him by the elbow or okay. whatever, 
and that to try and explain, explain to try to explain himself. Yep, and that starts the whole thing. And I, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to I'm going to jump in. The difference in those handshakes in the NFL is those coaches know. You always preach, and I said in my commentary, which is something you didn't mention when we talked the other night. We preach. You do most of the time to players. No time and score. Coaches should know the situation and have read the room as well. Mm-hmm. So what do you never see with those NFL coaches? You never see anybody try to stop the other guy. And when you do, what happens? This. This. But most of them know. Mm-hmm. They know they're pissed. They know they shouldn't linger. They just give the handshake. It's been a tough game. You're. I can see it. We'll reconvene at another time. Because this is just a microcosm of you, of their relationship. They know each other. They're not going to be like this in future you know, meetings if they're just on the sidelines or before a game or whatever. They know. They just part ways. That's it. To me, that's, what, that's where guard is at fault. Should have known. Now's not the time. Anything that you have to say is not going to matter to this dude anyway. Exactly. Even if you're right. Mm-hmm. Even if you're right, it's not going to matter. Right. Go ahead. So, guard stops him, and obviously Howard takes great offense to that, rightly or wrongly, whatever your opinion is. He's offended, and he, he, like, he grabs guard by, like, the, the front of his shirt like, <laughs> like an eighth grader would do to a fourth grader if he was going to take his lunch money. It was really kind of funny how he did that. Like, he grabs him. And it's like, it's like, hey, little boy, I'm going to kick your ass. And then he lets go, and then he sticks his finger in his face. And now it seems like everybody kind of knows, start, is starting to realize that the coaches are getting into it. So you start to see players and coaches from both teams kind of funneling to where the action is. And then you kind of see Joe Krabinoff come in there like a bull in a china shop. Um it didn't he he escalated the situation in a little bit in my opinion um he ends up putting his hands on two michigan players he lightly i wouldn't say he shoved them he lightly pushed them away but you know probably shouldn't be putting your hands on the other team's players especially at that moment i understand you're probably in there to break up whatever's going on but you should probably turn around and be pushing back on your players that are trying to get in there because you didn't one of your players got punched in the head and is going to get a one game suspension out of it um and then because of all that howard does the mush um people have called it a slap it it was a mush it was kind of like a straight open palm um, to the side of the head. And Krabinoff, watching the video is hilarious because you can tell Krabinoff is is stunned. I think he was, he was, first he was stunned that he got hit in the head, and then I think he was doubly stunned when he realized who did it because there was almost no reaction out of him after it happened. He was almost like, holy shit, did Juwan Howard just hit me in the side of the head? <laughs> like, what? what is happening here? And then all hell breaks loose. Yep. You got a couple of Michigan players throwing punches. You got Neath in there doing his thing. Sharif Chambliss, an assistant coach, ends up rolling on the ground with a Michigan player. Somehow that hasn't been talked about much. That all kind of leads you to the finger pointing. And 
obviously number one, one million percent, Juwan Howard cannot do what he did. Right. You can't hit a guy in the head. You're the leader of that team. Because you hit him in the head, you got two players now that are suspended three games each. That's your fault. Because if you don't do that, they don't do that. Correct. There's no there's no doubt about it. That is your fault. Um He's going to get a five-game suspension out of it. I think a $50,000 fine, I think, is what I heard. Which, 40. 40, yep. which I'm sure a booster will pay. Yeah, um, I mean, he's not going to be out that money. No. And and the Badgers Athletic Department already said they're paying guards $10,000 yep. fine. Guard only was fined 10000 did not get any kind of a suspension. I oh. thought he probably should have got a game. Um, Krabinoff got absolutely nothing. I thought he should have probably got a game. Well, and to me, what why Howard reacted the way he did to Krabinoff was because if you watch a couple of the players get in his face, he shoves him out of the way. That's right. That's so, why I mean, Howard did what he yeah, did. So, so, yeah, so, I mean, if he gets physical with his players, he can't do that. And, and again, like you mentioned, nothing will justify no, Howard taking no, a swing. you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you especially when, Especially you can't do it to a dude who's locked up with other people. Right. You know, you got three people between you. Krabinoff's locked up with a couple people. He he can't really defend himself. I think that the Badger fan reaction of you don't want to mess with Joe Krabinoff is really funny. Like, he's like Mike Tyson. Like, Well, that's fine, but I wouldn't want to match him up with Juwan Howard. No, Juwan Howard played 15 years in the NBA. He's quite well-versed in getting into a fight. With Against him. any yeah. other, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry, fine. I'll believe you about Krabinoff. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting I'm not putting my money yeah. on him against I just, Howard. I just thought that that was pretty well, funny. That's, that's what Badger, they're like Packer fans <laughs> that way. Well, they're I was, the same guy. With the, with the whole thing, though, I was just, it, it just struck me is that when you tried to talk to people that, there were blame on both sides, and mm-hmm. like, like when you had talked about, here's what happened in the game and why this happened, and to me, I'm not a confrontational dude. I would not like to argue, but I will if you want to make it a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm also very observant on knowing how to act in certain spaces. There are times for things, and to me, even in the heat of the moment, being able to calculate on what you should and should not do, that's on guard to me. You should know that going in, like like we just said a couple minutes ago, nothing that you do is going to make a difference right now. Let 24 hours pass, call them the next day, say, hey, I'm sorry you were angry. I just kind of want to hash this out. Here's why I did what I did, because in response to whatever. And I bet you would have a way more civil conversation than than right then. And, and you know, somebody else brought up, and it, I didn't see much of it, and I thought it was kind of a, a little bit of a cop-out. Juwan Howard wasn't pissed at Greg Gard. He was pissed at his team for getting their ass kicked in Madison. Well, there, I think that's probably a factor. There might be an element to that. They're because, having a rough season. Yeah, they're on the tournament bubble. It's a stressful game. Big things from them expected, and yep. now they go to Madison and they just get pounded. And you were playing pretty well for a while, and then they kind of blew your doors off. Right. So, I mean, you know, the coach is already probably disappointed with with the outcome, and then that is kind of the cap on it, and then you got this dude trying to tell you that what you're doing was wrong, which justifies what I do, and it's just, it's just not the time for that. And it's amazing when I tried to explain that to people that that was my feeling. They just blew that off. Like, oh, no, 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 not at all. And I, I just, well, and I don't and, see how any of the Badgers involved 
are not culpable in some fashion. Well, and like I always say, too, you got to know your scouting report. This is a guy in Juwan Howard who's had prior instances of, of this kind of anger behavior at end of games. They just had one a couple weeks ago, I think, against Rutgers where some things were said in the in the handshake line. See, because they brought up the thing with and Turgeon. The, and he had the one last year in the Big Ten tournament with Maryland and Mark Turgeon where they were basically nose-to-nose. Um, so, so, so now so, this is a pattern. And that's why I go back to the timeout that was taken by guard where I, I guarantee you – there was barking going on between the benches. It, it, it might not have been with guard, between guard and Howard, but I guarantee you some assistants were barking at each other because that's what those guys do. They can't help themselves. Um, so you got you, you got to, you know, I think Seth Davis said it, who's a tool, but he actually made a good comment. <laughs> he said multiple things can be true, you know. Um, Howard probably shouldn't have pressed. The Badgers probably shouldn't have called a timeout. Guard definitely shouldn't have grabbed him. Howard definitely shouldn't have been reacted to the grab that way. Krabinoff shouldn't have come in and pushed those guys, and Howard shouldn't have taken a swing at Krabinoff. They all can be true. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the worst part of it is the swing at Krabinoff, but all those other things are true. And it doesn't, I'm not, nobody's saying that any of these guys, and I think Badger fans that are taking their shots at Juwan Howard, like, I don't think any of these guys are bad people. I think it was a heat-of-the-moment thing. Um, I think Jawan Howard's track record, if you followed his career at all, speaks for itself as the kind of guy he is and, and the places that he's been and the people he's worked for. And I think the same thing about Gard and Krabinoff. I was never a Joe Krabinoff fan when he played, but he was a tough, hard-nosed guy, and I'm sure he's a guy that would stick up for his teammates and would have his coaches back. I get all that. I'm not saying any of these guys are bad people, but bad, but good people make dumb decisions. And there was a couple of guys on Sunday that made some dumb decisions, and it cost them money in games. And it happened, and I saw your tweet, and I saw one of the Parker coaches, a, a notable former Parker athlete, respond to you. It all stemmed from a handshake line. Yeah, I'm just not a handshake line guy. See, and that's, and that's funny. been a big topic since this happened, too. And and you were just kind of laughing at, at Izzo's comments, which were shown, and I saw those those yesterday or this morning or whenever it happened. Um I don't disagree with him because out of all the things that we think are being done to make life easier and take responsibility and tough situations out of kids and those scenarios, to me that's just another in the long line of those. That that would be a teachable moment that I think you could probably, I mean, like we have it in football, heads up, hats on. Keep your helmet on. Go through the thing, even if you just got your ass kicked. Don't say anything. Or what is it? Hats on, mouth shut. You know that's that's all. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And like Izzo said, be a man and do it. And and your former coach on Facebook, they were they were talking about it. Some of the older guys, and they said completely agree with him. You know, it takes a man to go do that and face your adversary, somebody that just handed it to you and say you did a good job. We did not. Congratulations. So. I agree with it in that respect. I agree with I agree with all of that too in theory. 
But that's but I've walked not through I've works. walked through enough handshake lines yeah. that either mean absolutely nothing because all you're doing is going good game 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 I'm not acknowledging you in any way I'm not I'm not I don't mean good game for most of these guys they share a little you know quip with each other and like hey I really like what you did there hey that you know did a good job on the boards or you know something sure. like that if yes. you know the guy maybe sure yeah. there's a lot of guys too that know each other that don't like each other and you got to remember. These guys have been banging on each other for two hours. This is a big game for Michigan. You know, the Badgers are trying to, they're still trying to win a conference championship. Michigan's trying to get into the tournament. There's a lot on the line, a lot of emotions. Sunday noon, national TV game. This shit just happens. And, you know, we talked about this when the Verona girls ran the score up on Parker and beat him by 80 or whatever. I just usually don't get that worked up by this stuff when it happens because it does just happen, and I generally, 99% of the cases, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. But I just think that the handshake line is very Little League. I think if you want to continue it in high school, I think that's perfectly fine. I think this idealized version that Izzo is talking about and he throws out, we have 18-year-olds. Well, let's just, like, Brad Davis is 23. Joey Hauser's 22. Like, those guys are not eight. They're a long, long way from being 18. Like, if those guys want to shake hands in the middle of the court after the game, I think that's great. I have no problem with that. I don't think you should have to shake hands with a guy that you don't like or that you're pissed off at. Why? Why? More if you want to. Sure. We see it in the NBA. We see it in pro football. They do it to the guys that they want to talk to. Some guys walk directly off the court or off the field. They don't talk to anybody. Some guys talk to everybody. Um, Some guys talk to a few people. They don't talk to each other after a baseball game. No, they just they just go into their they, dugouts they and they get ready for the next day. Turn around and go into the clubhouse. You know, they don't at the end of a series. It's not like everybody comes out and hugs. Right? No, it's true. So I just you know, I, I like I said, I I get the theory of it. It promotes good sportsmanship and all that. And I think you can still do all of that and encourage your guys to still want to shake hands with people. But the mandatory handshake line is is kind of outdated. I think. And, you know, I've, I've just – I've seen Tom Izzo and Coach K screaming at each other in, in handshake lines before. You see this several – you see this a handful of times a year in college football and college basketball all the time. And it's really weird. It's a college thing, dude. I don't know what it is. It's this, it's this college coach ego thing because you would never see Mike Budenholder and Greg Popovich screaming at each other in a handshake line. You would never see, unless a, somebody put hands on somebody, you'd never see Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay screaming at each other in, in the middle of the field after a football game. It's a college thing, and I, it's got to be like the power that these guys have or something, but I don't know. I just I've, I found the whole thing. Well, that's fair. Interesting. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad Howard's not going to get fired. I think five games is enough, as we said. Um, Everybody should just move on. Yeah. And, you know, I think it would be really, really, really fun if they play in the Big Ten tournament because Howard (laughs) will be back and it'll be a huge game for Michigan. One of the guys, one of the media guys that used to work for Good Karma, now I think he works in Madison for one of the entities. He went back and looked at film, and and like somebody said, oh, somebody's somebody found the receipts. He printed it up. He did a highlight reel of interactions of guard and Howard sure. in pregames where they were all chummy and shaking hands and sharing laughs and you know rubbing elbows and doing stuff. And it's not like these two guys don't hate each other. 
This is just what happens at the end of the game when emotions are high and just stuff happens. You know, yeah. like it's he, he tried to say, like, this is not a giant problem between these two individuals. I guarantee you, Juwan Howard knew in the locker room he fucked up. He just wasn't going to back down in the press conference. That, that was just, just that just macho-ness. Double down on yeah, that. I know. Like, but that's just that's just that college macho-ness that never, you know, never say you're sorry kind of kind of bullshit. But I will say one thing that I have just found hysterically ironic. Um, the the Badger fans that have come to the defensive guard and talk about how wonderful he is and how glad they're there to have him as their coach. And then I just think back to about nine months ago. They wanted him fired. When half of the fucking population of the state wanted him to run out on a rail. Yeah. And I, were, I just find that to be really funny. They it's were like, hanging posters in the dorm yeah. windows. It's like, well, isn't it funny when you get rid of four piece of shit seniors a scumbag and Alondo Tucker and Johnny Davis gets better. How much you love your coach? Isn't that kind of funny and kind of telling? You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden now he's Saint Greg. He didn't do anything wrong on Sunday, but nine months ago, get this guy out of here. He's an abuser. Well, People were calling him an abuser. Short memories, like give me a break. Up and down roller coaster type of opinions. That's just, that's that's how that stuff works. But listen, you got to wait till this. Wait till the wind changes. And then see what the tune is. But listen, Badgers are good. I still don't know what to make of them. Like I said last week, Johnny Davis had another great game. He's he's right in the mix there with one or two other guys to be player of the year in the Big Ten. And I think depending on who wins the league, I think if Purdue wins the league, it might be Ivy. I think if Illinois wins it, it could be Cockburn. And if the Badgers win it, it could be Johnny Davis. So... Something to kind of keep your eye on. Okay. Um, Badgers have Minnesota on Wednesday night, and then Rutgers on on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, that's a five o'clock tip time on Saturday. But two road That'll games, be a tough one. Yeah, they, it's a I tough mean, place to play I mean, too. And they already beat them at home yep. first time ever a couple of weeks ago. Purdue put um, it on them pretty good the other day. I, I watched a good portion of that. Okay, but they were. Yeah, you know, they were due to lose one at some point. Kind of right. like, kind of like my Golden Eagles. Yeah, go ahead with them. Well, seventeen and ten, nine and seven in the Big East now. Seems like the wheels have kind of come off dropped, after a while. Dropped to fifth. Well, yeah, I mean, they they beat Georgetown um, the other night, and Georgetown's awful. They have they're zero and fifteen in the Big East, which is just, I mean, for anybody in our age bracket that grew up with you know Ewing, Matumbo, Morning, Allen Iverson, like to see a Georgetown team zero and fifteen in the league, that's shocking. Uh, but Marquette handled them. Then Sunday afternoon, they were at Creighton in one, what was a great game, but, like, I mean, an, an all-time meltdown from them <laughs> at the end of the game. I mean, they had the game in the bag, and they just did, like, three stupid things in a row. They a couple of dumb turnovers. They had um, Greg Elliott was called for stepping over the end line while inbounding the ball, which was a which was a – from the angle that they showed it, it was extremely questionable, which to me in that situation, it was. I think there was like seven seconds left. You don't make that call if you're not a 1,000% certain. And then I saw a picture from about two minutes prior to that where um, the same referee on the same baseline, there was a Creighton player with half of his foot out of bounds with the ball and no call, which led to a three-pointer for them. Jesus. It is what it is. That's, you know, hey, shit happens when you play on the road. Don't put yourself in that position, but... They've lost twice to Creighton, once in double overtime, and then this one by one. Um, 
tough to swallow. They had won seven in a row. Now they've lost four out of six. So um, they got Butler at home on Sunday, who just beat them last I week. I was just going to but, say that was in Indy. But Butler's bad, so well. they need to take care of business and uh, and win at home. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I've said all year long, just make the tournament. I never believed that they were going to win the conference. Providence is having too good of a year in Villanova as well. Um, but, you know, they're they're still in the mix. I, I would really like to see them be hard now after losing twice to Creighton. It'd be cool to see them get a top-four seed in the conference tournament. Um, but they're still a tournament team as of, as of now. All right. Um, and updated bracketology as recent as today. Um, they got the Badgers in a three seed, still in Milwaukee, but they've got a different opponent. And they've got Marquette. Uh, heading to Indianapolis as a seven out in the east um, mm-hmm. section, and TCU, the Horned Frogs, on on that deck. Yeah, four one seeds: Auburn, Gonzaga, Kansas, and Arizona. And Auburn just lost the other day, yes. um, but they still had them on the one line. I watched some of Arizona on Saturday night. They were playing Oregon. It was it was it was a late Pac ten game, and there was nothing on, so I just had it on. I hadn't seen Arizona play all year. They're really good. Because I was kind of like, how are they a one seed? Like, you know, it's Pac-12. You know, eh, UCLA was kind of supposed to be the team out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I watched them. They're, they're, they're pretty damn good. I mean, that that could be a sleeper Final Four team. I mean, you say sleeper, they're probably going to be a one or a two seed. But, I, I you know, I don't think anybody's been talking about them I haven't much. heard their name mentioned until you put it in this thing. Then you get to the two seeds. Texas Tech all of a sudden sneaks up there because they just beat Baylor. Baylor's still on the two line, along with Purdue, who's at the top of the Big Ten, and Kentucky, who dropped from the one line to the two line. They had a loss last week. Um, Duke dropped out of the top eight. They're now on a three line, as well as the Badgers. So nine Big Ten teams are in right now. Not really. I mean, nine 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 out of ten. It's 14. Or I should say 14. People forget that. Yeah, I was just going to say. The Big East has seven. That's seven out of ten. So it's basically the same. Yeah. Maybe a little bit better for the Big East, but who cares? That doesn't. I, I don't really get into that shit. I could give a shit who has conferences, yeah. who numbers, and stuff like that. Whatever. Okay. Right. Um, it's like people that oh, I got to cheer for Michigan State in the in Peach the big- Bowl because it's helpful for my league. It's like now, fuck that. I didn't cheer for them all year. I'm not cheering for them today. Get out of here with that. Um, conference tournaments all start next week, man. It's coming. We got uh, Marquette. I think Marquette's got three games. I think the Badgers might have four left. So yes. um yeah, yeah it's it's coming in the next week week and a half for the smaller I schools. like those though. I hope I I hope Michael puts together another like I said last week. I hope he puts together that championship uh that 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 conference championship uh pool because it's it's cool watching some of those games invested in some of those teams. It's like, "Oh, I bet on them." Mm-hmm. I haven't heard their name all season, but now all of a sudden I get the, you know, the Patriot League or the Summit League or whatever it is, you know, and I, I see the championship and it's somebody that I picked and it's like, oh, I'll watch this for a little bit. And like you said, it's good if they can win and then they get a lower seed, but they get into the tournament and you're like, oh yeah, I watched them a little bit. You know, it's it's yeah. nice for these teams in these conference championships to get a little national pub when they've been, you know, oblivious to everybody for the entire year. It's really the only thing, like, being able to see some of these teams in the conference tournament is really the only thing that makes that opening uh, salvo with the 16 seeds playing each other any kind of palatable. Because usually those games aren't very good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty ragtag. Um, but at least if you might have caught them in a conference tournament, you might kind of know, like, okay, well, they had to beat these guys, and this guy's good, and this guy's supposed to be good. But 
other than that, I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of those games. No. All right, a um, little bit of baseball. Um, there's not really much to report. They were trying to. Uh, they're they're meeting every day this week. I just kind of read something while while you were talking that um, the league was not impressed by the union's offer, but they're going to come back tomorrow with a counter offer. But somebody kind of needs to do something big in the way of a of a concession or to meet halfway on something. Um, in order for spring training or uh, in order for uh, opening day to start on time, which they said the deadline, and I read the story today, is, is, is about a week away. They can get everything in, and opening day can start on time if they get this done within a week. Yeah, they push games back to the to March fifth. Yeah, for spring training. For spring training, yeah. um, I think I I think I read like the owners made like a uh, like a five million dollar concession for um, some kind of roster thing, and they're waiting now for the union to come back with their whatever they're going to give up. Um, so we'll see. I'm not, I'm not super optimistic, honestly. Um, baseball just has a history of, of struggling to get these kind of things done. Um, I mean, I read some, I read today that most people are saying the sides are still very far apart. So um, I wish I had more information. My, my baseball guy that I usually talk to, he's ghosted me. I don't know if he lost his phone or if, if I'm on the shit list he's, or what. He's too busy winning championships. Well, I don't know, man. I just I send texts. I get nothing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Ricky Weeks getting hired, but I get I get nothing. So that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know once once we once February starts winding down, you get to you get to the first of March and like that first Sunday afternoon spring training games on it, it kind of gets the juices flowing For a little sure. bit, you know, springs here. We've already got some golf. You get a little spring training baseball and you got March basketball. Um, that's, that's kind of my heyday. This is, this is like my favorite time of year. So I'm, I'm ready to get to it. I hope right. we got baseball sooner than later. Yeah. No doubt. Cause I want to go sure. to opening day, man. Yeah. I, you, that's a streak of how long since 90. Oh my God. Five, I that's think. really awesome. Something like that. That's me, really cool. Me and my old man. So, yeah, right. we we've definitely hit every Miller Park one for sure. We know that, but I, I'm pretty sure we go back to like '95 or '96. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. You really want to ask me about this no, or like no, what's no. okay? You don't want to do that. I mean, I haven't had dinner yet, but I'm not going to hit hit you up for a for a dog dog. No, I I, I put on the roster top five dog biscuit brands that you've eaten because if anybody listened to you this morning on JVL, oh you guys were. For some reason, talking about that. For some reason is right. Have you ever eaten one? I want to say I took a bite of just the basic milk bone brand stuff way back in the day mm-hmm. when I just kind of went, I'm just going to see what this is about. Yeah. And it was one of those little ones that are the size of like a mini Milky Way yeah. or a Snickers yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. And I think I had a bite and that was it. I, I wasn't disgusted. I didn't they, spit they don't it taste, out. They don't taste like anything. It was just like... Okay. I've eaten several dog biscuits, which I'm sure shocks you. Um, I've eaten dog food. I've the, like I've eaten a little bit of dog food, like a little small handful. I mean, like like you those know, pellets. Yeah, where it kind of looks like it's um, like you know cocoa pebbles or yeah. something. Um, I bet I, I'm not touching the soft shit. That's just that's what that's, I said. It's disgusting. No, you open that can and you want to run because it just reeks. Yeah, and it's got it's in this sauce and it's like it's this big chunk of texture. Yeah, no, big chunk of horse meat in there. Oh, nah, nah, ah. I'm good. But yeah, man, I've 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 sampled a few dog biscuits in my time. <laughs> no big deal. Seriously, they just I don't think they ever tasted like anything. Oh it was... my god. Yeah, I don't know how we got on that. I don't know why it was in our show prep. I don't know why uh Red Hot decided to 
to think that this would be something cool to talk about because he started talking about it and I'm just having my headphones and I'm not even responding and I'm looking at Ashley and I just in the back of my head I'm going what what or where are we going here could could we do a top five worst foods we've ever eaten do you think you could come up with that absolutely we might have to do that absolutely because I was informed on Super Bowl Sunday that we we need a little more top, top five, five content well, it's, so. it's it's been a while it has it's been a while I said we ran out of stuff to do we did really he gave me a whole bunch of stuff and I'm like yeah I don't know we, okay well I gotta I gotta run it by Goldberg and see That's if he fine. wants to do it no we can do that okay let's let's do that I will I will try and remember to put a top five worst food I know what my number one is and it's just it's easy for me okay bad news all right I like that all right we will uh, be on the road putting on a lot of mileage the next couple of days and then uh, playoffs continue next week but but we should have uh, some open time to lay down another another pod before uh, selection Sunday in the conference tournaments really get really get going so that's not for another couple of weeks I think so yeah uh, we, we should be good on that so uh, that will about I think do it for this episode thank you for listening downloading please subscribe I emailed uh, anchor and tried to figure out what the the thing with the thumbnail picture what that was and they said they are engineering departments on it so we'll see when I post whether that's fixed or not but we'll see. Uh, So until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next week. Keep your hands to yourself, Bucky.